from digitiki.com But to most of us, the South Seas represent an unfulfilled dream of paradise on Earth. Now the enchanted archipelagos await the present-day explorer, you, as you voyage with Cinerama toward new discoveries over the far horizon. Welcome to the Quiet Village. for another visit here at The Quiet Village. I'm your host, Digitiki, coming to you direct from digitiki.com. As always, broadcasting from the heart of The Quiet Village. Got my Quiet Village Mai Tai here in my Quiet Village Mai Tai glass, and I am ready to go. I got a great episode coming up for you. I have a tiny little bit of news before we get into the tunes. Uh, it's actually a pretty interesting piece of news. I was quite excited about it. The movie South Seas Adventure, which was in originally released in Cinerama, has just been released on Blu-ray. That's right. It is full high def for those of you with uh, your big screen high def TVs. It has finally been released. Now, um, I believe I mentioned it on a previous episode, but I know I definitely mentioned it in one of my uh, blog posts on digitiki.com that uh, South Seas Adventure was re-released in in the theater for one day only in Los Angeles. It was playing at the Cinerama Dome, which was one of the, one of the few Cinerama equipped theaters in the world, and it played for one day and I actually got to go and see South Seas Adventure in Cinerama, which hadn't been seen for over 50 years. And on top of that, a couple of the stars of the movie were actually there. Several of the people who worked on the film were now retired. I met the editor of the film, as well as some of the family of some of the people associated with the film, like the producers and, of course, uh, Alex North, who scored the film. His family was there. He's sadly no longer with us. But if you're not familiar with South Seas Adventure or you're not familiar with Cinerama, go up to Wikipedia and type in Cinerama. Uh, it, it was an interesting process. This was, um, I guess, in in the 50s. This was about the time when television was, was really taking a huge chunk out of cinema of ticket sales and people were staying home and watching I Love Lucy and Honeymooners and things like that. So theaters came up with widescreen, they came up with CinemaScope, they came up with 70 millimeter uh, color things to really get people in the theater. And Cinerama was a really interesting and very expensive process where they actually took three 70 millimeter movie cameras and they had them synced together in an array. So you had one camera taking a front view and two cameras taking a left and a right view. And it was projected in these specially designed theaters with three projectors that were synced up to produce one giant panoramic image. And the screens were curved. They were enormous screens. Uh, I believe the curvature, uh, if you look at Wikipedia, I... Um, I believe that the curvature was uh, was like a hundred degree curvature or something like 146 degree curvature, which is quite amazing. And I actually learned quite a lot at this event because they talked about the Cinerama process. And there were actually several movies shot in Cinerama, the first of which were designed to just demonstrate the whole process. And they were basically travel logs that uh, took you to different areas and different times. Uh, there was one, I, I think uh, it was all Christmas. I think it was called Holiday Cinerama Holiday, uh, one called Seven Wonders of the World, Search for Paradise. Um, and then, of course, there was South Seas Adventure, released in 19. 58, which, as you guessed it, dealt completely with the South Seas and uh, 
all sorts of Polynesia, basically. It was thought to be lost. The print was thought to be lost, and it has not been seen since 1958 until uh, they did have a print, and it had been digitized and cleaned up, and it was shown for one day in uh, in Los Angeles in its original three-projection three projection format on on the curved Cinerama dome screen. And I must say, being there, it was absolutely spectacular. I can understand why this was such a big deal. Um, it was old-fashioned with the curtains closed, and there was an overture. And then as soon as the overture was done, there was this huge orchestral swell, and the curtains gradually opened and onto this gigantic high definition, you know, very detailed, beautiful view of a Polynesian beach, of a South Seas beach. It was quite spectacular. So this has just been released on Blu-ray, and I'm going to have a link up on digitiki.com, where if you would like to purchase a copy, you can purchase uh, from Amazon, which I have a link up. So if you purchase, if you go to my site and then click on the link and buy it from Amazon, I get a couple of pennies, just a couple of pennies. um, And it just, it all goes to keep Quiet Village uh, podcast and radio on the air. So definitely do check that out, especially if you're into Polynesia like I am in mid-century. It's definitely a time capsule. I think you'll really enjoy that movie. And it looks spectacular. So now let's move on to the tunes. So up first, I've got a couple of tracks uh, from a couple of albums, which I've wanted to play for quite some time. A few months back, I got two CDs in the mail by an artist by the name of Scott Peterson out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. His music is very, very unique. It's kind of a blend of surf and East Indian textures. It's very nice. And he's got two albums out, Continental Drift and Pacifica. And he sent me a copy of each of those. Scott, mahalo if you're listening. I know you are because you you listen quite frequently. Um, So now I'm going to play a couple of tunes. Well, one from each of the albums, Continental Drift and Pacifica. Here is Scott Peterson, right here on The Quiet Village.
Shining bugs have dimmed their light Stars have disappeared from sight And there's no moon at all Don't make a sound It's so dark Even Fido is afraid to bark What a perfect chance to part Okay, that was a very dreamy song by a group that uh, I'm sure most of you may not have heard of, but I'm sure you will in the future. Kitty Chow and Fisherman with no moon at all. And I actually got to meet them recently at Mod Palm Springs event in October of 2013. They were one of the acts on the weekend bill, uh, just the two of them, and uh, they were great. They were really a lot of fun, and I got to talk with them both for a while. Kitty Chow is from Hawaii. Uh, now I believe living in the Bay Area, and I believe Fisherman is from New York. And I really loved Kitty Chow's voice. I just couldn't get enough of her singing. Very jazzy and and uh, kind of torchy. Uh, anyway, that tune was from their album South Seas. Before that, we heard one of my favorites from the Martini Kings from their album Palm Springs Serenade. Uh, complete with cover artwork by Shag, the artist. Um, that was a tune called Return to Morea. 
And before that, we heard two tracks by uh, an artist who sent me in his uh, CD, Scott Peterson. We heard at the top of the set, we heard Sierra Madre from his album Continental Drift. And right after that, we heard from his album Pacifica, his take on uh, Herb Alpert's The Lonely Bull. Had to play Lonely Bull. I just, I love that song. Now let's move on to another track of new music. This is from the recently released album by Mr. Ho's Orchestratica, Where Here Meets There. And uh, this is a fun, quirky, exotica album that can best be described, I guess, as exotica meets classical, meets jazz, meets ADHD. It's a fun album. It, uh, it's a fun album, and it fits nicely in with a dark tiki bar. I think you're really going to like this. Here is Ritual Mallet Dance. And uh, see if you can see how many snippets of other songs are actually in here. All right, here we go. Mr. Ho's Orchestratica.
Very nice. At the top of that set, we heard a new Exotica track by Mr. Hose Orchestratica from their just-released album from Where Here Meets There. That was a track called Ritual Mallet Dance. After that, we heard the classic Yellow Bird, as done by harpist Robert Maxwell from his album Let's Get Away From It All. Not available digitally anywhere that I know of, just on LP. Next was Flamingo by Tak Shindo from his album Brass and Bamboo, also not available anywhere other than LP. And then uh, uh, rounding out the set was Trade Winds by the Irving Fields Trio from their album Bikinis and Bongos. I just love that title. Also not available anywhere digitally that I know of. Uh, You know, Exotica pops up. Uh, in some very unexpected places sometimes. You might find an album that was that has one tune that is pure exotica, while the rest is really nothing like that at all. It kind of makes the hunt a lot of fun. The John Zorn song, Tiki for Blue, which I've played here a couple of times, uh, is a perfect example of that. The, the album is nothing like that song, but that track, Tiki for Blue, is pure classic exotica, and it's phenomenal. This next track I'm going to play is also a good example of that. I just acquired an album by Dick Kessner and his Magic Stradivarius. How's that for a pretentious title? <laughs> Obviously, Dick Kessner is a violinist. The album is called The Music of Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really expecting much at all, but um, I had to check it out. Uh, You know, I wasn't really expecting much at all from this album, but I I really uh, had to check it out. And one track just blew me away. So far as I know, the album is not available anywhere digitally. Uh, So here is Dick Kessner and his Magic Stradivarius with Bird of Paradise. And I think you're really going to dig this. Thank you. 
the game. Very nice. Uh, That is a tune called Ocean Beach by the band Black Mighty Orchestra. That is actually the Cybophonia Cinematic Remix. I really like that because it takes some exotica and remixes it into something new. That's actually a track called Lou John or Lou Jean by Henry Mancini that is remixed in there, and I, I really dig that. But in the middle of that set, we heard Black Sand by Ixta Wele with from their album Pagan Rights, and then kicking off that set, Dick Kessner and his Magic Stradivarius with Bird of Paradise. My Mai Tai, believe it or not, is empty already. That means we've come to the end of another visit here at the Quiet Village. I want to thank all of you for listening, and I want to thank all of you who are tuning in to Quiet Village Radio, which is getting more and more popular every day. You can visit the Quiet Village at any time by going to digitiki.com and clicking on the podcast button where you can get a complete rundown of all the tracks on this and past podcasts, as well as able to click and buy albums and tracks from Amazon through digitiki.com. And of course, um, I get a tiny, a tiny, a few pennies back, then that all goes to keeping this show and the radio on the air. You can also listen to Quiet Village Radio 24-7 for nothing but tiki music all the time. Thank you for listening. I want to invite everyone to tune in for my next episode, which is going to be coming up very soon, where I interview the family of Julius Wechter, who took over the vibes for Martin um, in Martin Denny's band when Arthur Lyman left, as well as was in on the ground floor with Herb Alpert and that Tijuana brass sound. So please join me next time. Until next time, enjoy those Mai Tais and aloha. Aloha.